0: Hello. Welcome to the Mark Groves podcast. You know, if you've been listening to me for a while, then you know that I love me some Ram Dass, some Alan Watts, some Wayne Dyer. I love when there's this merger of the psychological with the spiritual. And I, you know, I think Brene Brown really accentuates that too. And she does it with joy and humor. All of them did and i think that points to one thing what the hell are we doing with our lives if we can't laugh at the ridiculousness of it too as we're hurting and we're breaking and we're healing and we're cracking and we're you know doing all the things that we're able to just have a laugh and find joy that joy doesn't have to leave cuz sadness is present that we still need to find humor you know that we still need to connect to the lightness and 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 that's such a beautiful thing teachers that can offer that And I, you know, when we're too much in the linear, into our heads, into the science, you know, like that saying, if it can't be measured, it doesn't exist, as Brene Brown talks about in her famous talk, The Power of Vulnerability. I think there is something to that, like when we're so constricted, when we're so linear, when we're so data-driven, that we don't have access to miracles, the spiritual, the realms, that we can't possibly know how everything works. I mean, it's impossible. We just don't know. Think of what we call junk DNA. Is it actually junk DNA or do we just actually not know how it works? And so in the arrogance of humanity, we say it's junk DNA. You know, like, well, we don't know what that is or it has no use. So, uh, you know, then it must not be useful. Junk DNA, throw it in the garbage. And I don't know what junk DNA is, um, but I do know that when we're stuck too much in the linear, we're too rooted, we're too firm, we're too stiff, we're not flexible, we're not open. And it's much like if you're too much in the spiritual, it's unrounded, it's, it feels inauthentic, it feels contrived, it feels too floaty. And so I feel like there is this magical space between, and maybe it is that space between of like... You know, I think it's Christ who says to be in the world, but not of the world, or as the Kabbalion references, as above, so below. And, and so there's something beautiful about being able to explore data that describes what is seemingly miraculous in our lives. And I've shared before the quote from Ram Das that miracles are just a way of reminding us that we don't know how it works and somehow maybe we just don't know how to measure how it works so then we don't know yet. And I love the work of Joe Dispenza because it's looking at that the cascade of emotion and what it does and what it does to our minds and our bodies and the inflammatory effect of constricting behaviors and and what inflammation you know ultimately leads to disease disease. So Today's guest is a returning superstar. One of the favorite episodes that I've done. She does this. She, she brings the logical to the miraculous. She brings neuroscience to creating the life that you want. And her, her name is Lacey Phillips and she's just a wonderful human, such a great teacher. And she has the, and she has the platform to be magnetic. And after our chat today, I was like, okay, when people listen to this, they're going to want to have access to your programs. So hook the old create the lovers up, please. So just so you know, if like what resonates with you today, you're like, yeah, get me some of that. I got us a 20% off deal. So if you just use the coupon code, MarkGroves20, I didn't make that code, so it wasn't like a narcissistic code, just so we're clear. That's what I was given. The code is MarkGroves20, and you get 20% off her love bundle, which you'll get to know more about that as you listen to this episode. This episode is brilliant. You're going to love it. It is expansive. It is so cool to see the mergers of all of my favorite things in this conversation and with such an incredible human who is one of my favorite people. All right, hot off the press, I got to tell you, Organifi has a new blend, and it is chocolatey delicious. It's called Harmony, and it is made for healthy hormones. It's designed for women, so it combines superfoods and adaptogens that have been used for centuries to support inner balance and bliss. With the ladies in mind, this blend is designed so you can feel your best and experience daily Harmony. It's plant-based, it's gluten-free, it's vegan, it's dairy-free, it's soy-free, got cacao, maca, shatavari, stinging nettle, ginger, turmeric, coconut milk, chaste tree. I mean, it sounds delicious. It is delicious. I've tasted it. It's chocolatey delicious. So you can't go wrong. And it's designed for healthy hormones to use during your menstrual cycle. So there you go. Go to Organifi.com slash create the love to save 20% and get free shipping, and that is special to create the lovers on top of the 20%. So go to Organify.com slash create the love. Before we dive into the episode, as you know, one of my most needed asks is wherever you listen to this, please give it a five-star review and a written review. That is so helpful to get it in other people's ears. Please share the episode if it resonates with you. And also subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We've got some delicious ones coming up. I can't wait. And I love you. And I hope you're having a beautiful day. And I just, let's just get this episode in your ear. Much love. Here's Lacey Phillips. Well, I'm blessed to have you back on the podcast. And for those of you that haven't listed the first episode I did with Lacey Phillips, it was on calling in your partner. So... Who knows where we're going to go? We're probably going to touch on that. But just to give some people some context, first off, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. It's always the best to be here. And we were just talking about our community loves you so much that it's just it's such great synergy. So yeah,
0: I I love the conversations we have. And I think what I love most is often the term and just to give people some context. Lacey has a company called To Be Magnetic. And that's in sort of context of like working with your energetics to change what you create and experience in your life. Is that a fair? It's really
1: fair. Yeah. I guess the way that we kind of boil it down is it's a different spin on manifestation. You know, I did the whole manifestation rabbit hole that many go through with the secret and the Hicks books and all of the beautiful visualization and thinking positive. And then I found a formula that actually really worked. That's very centered on, uh, what we have created, which is called neural manifestation, so it's based on neuroscience, psychology, and energetics. So, and it's a step-by-step formula that really uh, actually works. <laughs> so that's what to be magnetic it is. It's getting back to your true, authentic, worthy self to project magnetism and manifest what you want in life.
0: Well, I, what I love about that that neural connection is, you know, in the courses that you have and in the work that you do. It's not just like, hey, think about a red bike. You get a red bike, like I think it's from The Secret. Um, It's like, what is in the way? Like, get into the beliefs you have. Repattern your brains. Change the way you see the world, but don't bypass what's going on in your world, which I think is very different than people's experience of The Secret or, or, you know, whatever other example there is.
1: Yeah, you know, and after practicing that for so long, I realized that, wow, my life hasn't changed drastically during that time. Little things would come through, but really what was happening was complacency when you look back. I think a lot of people can look back at the times that they've practiced trying to stay in a vortex, <laughs>
0: which right. you're like, what the fuck Get in the vortex? vortex. Get in the yeah. vortex. That's Abraham hicks stuff, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which I do like to always say that there is a lot of magic in those teachings, having practiced them. However... That's a really good example, the Abraham Hicks, right? She channels Abraham. And I always like to put if you haven't addressed any of your inner child trauma, your shadow, you know, anything that's literally blocking you, you aren't going to have the flow that they talk about, you know? And so if you look at, say, Abraham Hicks, who's spitting just pure consciousness, it's what we hear from every conscious teacher, maybe Eckhart too, whatever it's be present, be unattached, um, stay in your frequency. Uh, In order to get to that place, you're going to have to build your subconscious out to be unblocked, to live in that flow. So I always like to say like Abraham doesn't live in a body, isn't a human, hasn't had the human experience, hasn't had pain, shame and programming. So you know, Abraham's coming through as a channel telling you this really, and I guess people call it in the spiritual world, like 5D way to live, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this, this incredibly integrated place, this high frequency place, but you have to actually do the work to get there. So there's still magic in a lot of that, but I guess we try to be the solution for everyone who is in the human experience, who is broke, who is, why, you know, why aren't they getting the partner that they want? And, why don't they have the career that they desire and, you know, or just have the the self-worth that they desire. And so we try to be that solution to really get them to that place. And then of course, from there, they, that's where the energetics kick in, like how to truly, truly manifest, which what really sets us apart from things like the secret and the Hicks and that, you know, all that kind of stuff is that I learned around the age of 25 that, the law of attraction really has very little to do with positivity. I make the joke of, you know, if you meet a narcissist, (laughs) they technically tend to be really great manifestors because they really (laughs) believe that they're correct and they're worth it. You know, so that's a good Mm -hmm. thing to debunk the whole positivity thing. They may not be the most positive person. So really what it comes down to is self-worth. Self-worth and deservingness is the law of attraction. And it can't be something that's faked. A second thing that really sets us apart is, we don't manifest from our thoughts, you know, from that's our conscious brain that's thinking in complete polarity all day long, may it be, I suck, I'm great, this person's great, that opportunity, oh my gosh, I'm a piece of shit, (laughs) like whatever, we have so many thoughts, you know, a minute. Um, We're actually really, really projecting and manifesting from our subconscious beliefs that we imprinted from childhood from zero to seven. So it's really getting into the psychology of your brain, the neuroplasticity of your brain, the capability of changing it and all the things you talk about, right? It's addressing your codependency. It's addressing your low self-worth, your boundaries. It's all of those. Those things are what creates magnetism because they're allowing you to get back to your truly whole worthy self that you were born as before you experienced pain, shame, and trauma.
0: Well, you said a couple of things there that I wanted to explore a little more. I think about, uh, I often share the quote, on my podcast from, I believe it's from Christ to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm. And I think you really spoke to that of, of like, yes, it's great to be playing 5d chess, but you can't dismiss that you are in a human experience. And so how do you get into relationship with your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and body in a way where you're not trying to just bypass its general intelligence, you know, its emotional response, or even its trauma responses, But actually sitting with and reprogramming, but the reprogramming not being the bypassing of a a program that already exists, but like the acknowledging moving through or the awareness that it even exists. And then what do I want to think, feel and create? And I love that because that's very, that's very rooted in the space of like how we all do this work that it's taking a proactive approach to get different results in our lives, which is ultimately why we're all here. That's why people, you know, why you're listening right now, you know,
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to cover it in two ways because I really want to humanize and say I'm actually probably the perfect candidate for spiritual bypassing. That's why it was so appealing (laughs) to to me in my youth, you know, in my early 20s when I practiced a lot of those methods of, Mm -hmm. you know, spirituality, even even simplistic uh, methods of, you know, like what Eckhart teaches where it's like, just let go of your thoughts. Be present. It's like, what the fuck? Like, do we know okay. how our whole nervous system and our brain works? Like, that like, is a that practice. is your pain
0: body. You know, it's like when that he talks. That is your pain body. Just let it be your pain body. And <laughs> and like,
1: I mean, <laughs> I <your> example. I <laughs> like, mean, Beyonce Beyonce
0: is that's such a
1: good example. He'll be like, now think about your past. Or something. He's like, really? He nails it. Um, but if you look at a lot of teachers, especially from that time and before, it is um, about bypassing. And I like to always point out someone like Eckhart, he had an awakened experience, you know, like a, a yeah. very seemingly unnatural awakened experience that many people, Byron Katie, another example, you know, who teaches on these things. And I think that's so beautiful. But again, they're then tapping into this like 5D level that. Not a lot of people do often, you know? Right. So that's one thing I want to say. I used to be very, very attracted to that. And I'm still, as a projector in human design, very attracted to like, how can I find the best system that works the quickest? But I think what forced me, and I think it's what forces a lot of people to your work and my work and kind of the, the work that's happening these days is not seeing results. So it's, I'm practicing all of this. Why isn't it working for me?
0: Right. Why is it not happening?
1: Why hasn't, why haven't things changed? Why do I still feel like shit? Even if I did manifest the little thing, why am I not happy? You know, and so it's so common. And so that's where I just want to say it took that journey to get to the place. And so to answer your question, sort of how we address really feeling into all of your feelings. um, You know, the first thing is we like to rehabilitate people from the think positive model, because that's a lot of fear when you've practiced manifestation for a long time. You're like, if I'm feeling negative feelings, I'm going to attract more of that. And a lot of my job in the beginning was debunking superstition. Mm -hmm. So in fact, I always like to tell people your negative feelings (laughs) are actually the biggest gift, the roadmap that's going to show you how to get to the route that's
0: blocking you. So like, okay, the, hold on, this yeah. is, I want to give a real life experience I had this morning. So I like that you just said that because it was relatable to, so right now we just bought a house and uh, we've been dealing with the the banks to get a mortgage. And this morning I was like, oh, what happens if you don't get it? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, you can't think that thought <gasps> see cause there... it'll cause you not to get it. And I was like, what? You know, I was having this dialogue within my own mind. So yeah, if you could like walk, maybe that's a good example. I don't know. Is that a good example? It's to a sort fantastic of walk this- example. So in
1: spirituality, many of us who entered from a non-psychological standpoint, you know, we came just through the spiritual channel. We've been taught that, that positivity and your frequency and, your thoughts are creating your reality may have been something completely unrelated to manifestation. It tends to be, you know, a uh, a through line of the narrative. And I'm here to tell you firsthand, there was a point where I worked with thousands of clients and had a three year wait list. (laughs) I have a lot of, uh, you know, my own R and D to tell you that that's just not the case. Um, And so what that can look like, I use, and what we call these, they're called superstitions. So in, you know, manifestation, I'm always debunking superstitions like that because mm-hmm. all that you were experiencing was a fear that had to do with security, which you know so well that had to do with a potential, um, you know, uh, what would be the right word for letdown at this moment? My brain being pregnant, forget oh, words all the time. Baby brain. Yeah, <laughs> baby brain. Is yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah, true. Disappointment,
0: even, um, the risk, like, well, I already bought the house, so <laughs> I better, better figure it out, which exactly, I don't mind having my ass against the wall like that, but it also creates a large amount of stress. And And
1: that's very scary for a lot of people. Right. So that tension, yeah, me too, included, I'm going through a remodel right now. And that's been a whole bag of worms of having to deal with old stuff that that's the whole point of life. So just to show that people are in fear when they have that thought that that negativity or oh my gosh, I'm going to create this happening. It's just not the case. And in fact, because in manifestation, what truly works is blocking, unblocking whatever that was that's looping, that's creating that fear. So kind of going back to the blueprint model, like in our work, you would have sat with that. You would have taken it. We have a thing called the daily practice. You would have taken it through journal prompts to find out where is this really from? Like where mm-hmm. in childhood Did I pick up this belief from lack, from my parents, from parental, communal, uh, you know, modeling, media modeling? Where did I pick this up? And then we have a very unique hypnosis process. We've actually teamed up last year, which was the coolest thing with a, Dr. Tara Swart is her name. So she's a neuroscientist and psychiatrist. And she went through all of our work to back it completely by science, like down to our hypnosis process. So cool, so cool. And she made some really, really key adjustments to how I had been doing it in the past. And so you would go through this unique hypnosis process now that you've kind of, you know, what do we call it, a, like loosened where that could be from. And during that hypnosis process, which is just a deep meditation, it's when, you know, theta, your subconscious comes forward You're in theta, you would actually get to the root memory of where you pick that up. And then, mm-hmm. and this gets back to sort of the spiritual bypass and feeling your feelings question. When we say reprogram that memory and get a healing, we're not saying erase that memory. We're not, we're saying feel it get the healing, like feel what, what did that inner child really need there? Or, you know, in your case, let's say maybe your mom, let's say she was Irish and bro- I know she's Irish, but maybe yeah, grew yeah. up really, really uh, broke. And
0: She did my yeah. mom and dad. And there was a lot of messaging about money of like rich people are bad. Yes. Not explicitly, yeah. but it was like, maybe they're dishonest. They're yes. And we had a lot of wealthy family friends. So that was like a conflicting, because my dad worked in research. So we had a lot of family and friends who were incredible people who were like cardiologists or, and they were all wealthy. So it was like this, it wasn't from my dad's side, it was more my mom's of like a resentment
1: to wealth. And I can identify with that as Irish American as well. So when we say reprogram that memory, say you got to the, maybe you got to this one moment, what made that thought come up? earlier for you, that belief, that fear come up for you could have been this one memory of your mom speaking about one of the the friends, you know, they lost their house because they didn't have the bank to pay for it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you bring that memory up, and you really reprogram it. And so what the what our, what our advisor says, and I love this so much, she says, you're not changing the memory, you're changing the emotional response attached to the memory. And that's mm. how you literally create a new neural pathway that begins to loop. And of course, this takes reinforcing. It doesn't mean you have to focus on the same trigger and block over and over. In fact, we encourage to take inventory of any trigger that's coming up for you because the beauty of how our brain works is going through that process daily or three times a week. It's all kind of the way our brain is like spider webbed. It's all kind of attached. Like mm-hmm. lack can, I always say love and money are connected because their deepest root is security. So where right. we're tested in love, we can also be experiencing in money at the same time. And when I say money, I mean, career home, uh, you know, finance, it can be all sorts of aspects of security. So The really beautiful thing is, is when you start to take those triggers daily that are coming up for you, that was fear that came up. Mm -hmm. You take it through the journal prompts, you go through that hypnosis process, and you start to reprogram the emotion attached to it. I think it has a whole nervous system response to it. And not only that, it's creating new neural pathways. Therefore, you begin to loop now in positivity. We can say for lack of a better word, or even more on point energetically in your self-worth. In the your way deserving. that I
0: want to think, the way that I want to be, the way that I want to live.
1: And even more so than the way that you want, we always mm-hmm. differentiate it to be magnetic. We, we say TBM, so I'll start to say that. More than the way that you want, the mm-hmm. way that your soul needs. Like we get down to the soul level. It's less about like, I, in the past, it'd be funny when people would come to me to work with me. Not that they were ever like, I want a yacht, you know, like the ridiculous yeah, yeah. things that you you would think, but they would be like... I, you know, it would be superficial still. And I want to say for anybody who is manifesting anything on the material plane, you're a human, you live in a body, you live on the material plane, you can have and manifest anything you want, anything material. But we do have this whole process called the authentic code. And so in the authentic code, you get down to the four pillars that really make up your authenticity, because this whole process is about getting back to your authentic worth that you were born as. And when you really figure out what those are, and I'll say like mine, luxury, which really to me comes down to security and quality, spirituality, so my spiritual practice, also my legacy, so what I teach and what I do and what I share, and then the fourth being um, self-care. Those are the four things I spend the most money on, I you know spend the most energy on, I'm doing the most often. So we have a process where you figure that out. And when you figure that out, you start to get really close to your authentic soul wants and Mm -hmm. needs. So when you're doing that reprogramming, it's less about, this is how I should, or this is what I want. It gets way more clear about, whoa. And especially in that subconscious state where there's no filtration of what Mm -hmm. the world has put on you. You're like, my soul needs. This must, and must,
0: must. Yeah. And
1: that's what you start to reprogram with. So that's our, that's the way you kind of do the manifestation without bypassing.
0: I like that differentiation too of want versus like, this isn't actually a want. This is like a soul a based, like, must. It's what I'm here for. Mm, and you think about how many, and I, you know, I hear this all the time people saying things like, you know, I that sounds all great. As you said at the very beginning, of like I'm doing the work and I'm not getting the results. Or um, when you expressed that there was this moment that you observed, not you personally, but someone might have observed a message about uh, partnership or money. And I think relating it back to partnership is so often people be like, I'm not. They don't realize that what's living below their inability to create the relationship is this deep belief that they're flawed, this deep belief that they're not actually worthy of that. And maybe someone told them when they were younger, like, you'll never get the person and you're not lovable. No one's ever going to, or even an abusive partner who's like, you think you'll find someone after me? Like all of these things get so embedded in us that we look at the outcomes we're getting in our lives. And I love that you correlate love and money because it is very similar. We have traumas and, and not even traumas, just relational experiences with both that embed in our psyche. And then we say, fate will not bring me this. I can never catch a break. I I'm on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. I don't even know all the ones match fucking. I, I, the first OG one was Lava Life. Uh, Whoa. I haven't even heard of that one. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be old like (laughs) me. I was on Lava Life. (laughs) And you think of like all of these, I'm doing all these things and I'm not, and it's like, if it showed up around in your psyche and people who are ready for partnership showed up in your experience, you wouldn't recognize them because there's an, a belief that's so deeply ingrained that you're not lovable or that you you don't deserve to experience, whatever someone might personally call abundance, which can literally just be a baseline of safety and security financially, you know, as someone who till I did money work no matter how much money I made, I always spent more than I had. And I was always in debt. And I was so addicted to that story that I couldn't get out till I saw that it was just, I was used to it. I was used to it. I was always motivated to climb out, but never got to sit on the ground. Like it was, it was really interesting. I think back and emotionally, I'm like, oof. like it felt really heavy and scary. So curious what your thoughts are on, on that dump.
1: Yeah, there's so many layers there. So one thing we have this series on our podcast called Explained, and on it we have Dr. Tara Swart, myself, and my co-host Jessica, and and so we come at it from an energetic perspective from me, and then from Dr. Tara Swart from science, and like what she would say in this, which I find so obvious, but we don't even think about this. So prehistorically, for survival uh, in the cave, we needed resources. And we had to be with our tribe. So if we were ever, ever disconnected from the tribe because of weather climate or predators, we would be killed. So you can see there, oh, and also God. procreation, right? So like back then, she talks a lot about how one male would usually impregnate, you know, four females before going off to hunt and all that kind of stuff. So the... the potential for survival because back then there was a lot more death rate was much higher so even if you look at a limbic nervous system prehistoric just security level love and money are completely
0: connected right because it meant survival. so much logical sense it's like so much where money was invented far after resources were needed and that's all money is before money got resources yes
1: so for the people who are out there and they're like money's bad or whatever it's like no on a prehistoric level we need resources to survive. I mean obviously it's a whole different, you know, whole different spectrum now. So that's one thing that I just want to acknowledge why the two are so important for us. And then I really want to highlight in that which you touched on and is is really I think the key thing again going back to if we had been disconnected from our tribe or kicked out of our tribe, we literally wouldn't have survived. So if you think about the imprintation of any type of wound or shaming around love, It is so deep for us. So Mm -hmm. I would get clients in places that I love for people to look at. You know, we have people that'll come to us and they'll be like, I've never been in a relationship. Why is that? Um, And we always love to look at the modeling or the messaging. And one thing people don't talk about a lot that I think gets overlooked in shadow work that we really address is you have shadow imprintation wounds, from not only what you've experienced directly in the way of shame. So you know what that looks like is somebody on the playground calls you whatever that's painful and you take that and you put that in your shadow and you're like, I'm going to do everything to create a very protective ego shell to never have that again so that I can be loved to the point where you don't even realize that it's something that you've disassociated with. But Mm. the aspect that people don't even look at is witnessed shame. That is huge. So, and usually a lot of people. What you see. What What you see see
0: occur to other people.
1: So, if you saw your mom, for example, talking and saying, look at the cellulite on. I'm actually thinking of a real life (laughs) example I've been through. I remember my mom walking and And she was like, look at the cellulite on that woman. Lacey, if you're not careful and you don't eat better, you're going to be just like that. And her implication was you won't be lovable. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look at anything like that, that you witnessed someone else speaking about, pointing out, shaming directly, you witnessed and you went on a subconscious level, oh my gosh, if I'm anything like that, that's not safe. I'm going to throw that in my shadow. So When it comes down to relationships, the people who have never, ever been in a relationship before, even for example, I always have them look at two things, three things. In fact, your parents' relationship or your primary caretakers, it could have been multiple. When you look at theirs, did it feel like a prison? In some capacity, even if the people who I've worked with are like, my parents had the best relationship, when you really get down to that hypnotic state and you look at it, They may have, but the journey of a relationship you want looks nothing like, on a subconscious level, what they had. And in fact, if it was, and I had this happen to actually a a Mm. client who was very successful, very financially successful, and her parents' modeling was that the mom stayed at home, never really had a career, the dad, and the dad kind of controlled things through money and control. But they had a beautiful relationship on paper, it seemed. Um, And so in her subconscious, she took that in as the block in the shadow being that's prison. So it's like, if I ever have to have a relationship, this is what's modeled to me. A relationship is on a very, very limbic, prehistoric, subconscious space. I'm actually going to push away relationships in an effort to never be in that type of a prison. Cause she looked at her soul, looked at that and was like, I don't want that. So until she was able to fully unblock that, and start to seek out what we call expanders. So in traditional
0: manifestation,
1: it's my favorite in traditional manifestation, they're always like visualize, visualize, visualize. And though, of course, a lot of research shows that that can be very powerful. If on a subconscious level, you've never seen to believe that what you want exists, you have no space to manifest it. I don't care if you're visualizing. You have no
0: evidence that it's, yes can be created in this, 3d experience.
1: You got it. So for her, she hadn't really seen a relationship dynamic that she preferred where the woman is very successful that, you know, the, the partner would be incredibly like loving, communicative, doting, supportive. She'd never seen that before. So there were two things working against her manifestation, the subconscious loop that that's what relationship's going to be. So I'm going to push it away. And two, what I want and desire is impossible. So that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. So the person who comes to us, that's like, I've never been in a relationship. I'm like, cool. What's going on in your subconscious?
0: They're like nothing. I've only ever seen loving relationships. My parents had the best relationship,
1: you know, which is true. I
0: I heard uh, a friend of mine, we were talking about their parents' relationship. Same thing. Like, oh yeah, there's great. And I was having dinner at their house not that recently because obviously you're not allowed to do anything fun anymore, but (laughs) the, i say that cynically, but kind of true. And in, I I was having dinner at their house and I heard the mom say to the dad, like, is it okay if I do that? And it was about something sort of mundane. And I was like, Oh, now it's like making more sense to me. Like that, that like, yes, they're equal in their relationship is blah, blah, blah. But there's still, uh, there's still, yeah, there's still subtle, that's not that subtle, but a hint of patriarchy in there that they don't even know is actually like not about, that's not a quality that's still seeking permission. But to someone who doesn't recognize the patterns of relationship or just the patterns of, as you said, hierarchy, that's like, oh, they're being conscientious Mm -hmm. of the other person. Sure, don't get me wrong. That can be conscientiousness but not in a permission request, but like, hey, how might this affect you is a totally yes, different question. Completely. And then is it okay if I do? And there is so much love and connection between the parents, but I see this on like, that isn't a unique situation. And so when you're talking about the experience of uh, a woman who's highly successful, who now has this block, I think about also, and I, kn- and I know you do too, with the masculine side of that, of like, now we have more women Making money, graduating college than men, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and we have more powerful women. Yes, amazing. But there hasn't really been a modeling for how you hold space for that as a man either. And I know we're speaking in a heteronormative sense, but this actually exists in in many in any gender combination. It is paying attention to the messaging that occurred, and I think of how many men don't have any modeling of like, how do I be powerful? and my partner powerful too, as opposed to my power comes at the cost of at their submission. You know, And it's really interesting because the container of the relationship that we've observed or inherited must blow up because it can't hold to powerful people. There's in some way this belief that there's an exchange when there isn't, but the old relational model that almost all of us saw was under the idea of silence and complicity, you know, silence and complacency, that's the right word. Um, and that, like, there's no space at the table for all of it. Well, the table's got to get fucking bigger because yeah. there is space and actually liberated love, love that is um, where you use the words imprisoned, which I love because that's true. There's that quote from Rumi that is, um, I think it goes something like, Why do you stay in the prison? The door's right there. Mm. That simplifies it too much because to someone in the relational prison, that door is not even an option because that door, as you mentioned before, also meant exile, also Mm -hmm. meant murder, also Mm -hmm. meant abuse. Like Mm -hmm. powerful women, if we're speaking in that context, weren't celebrated historically, (laughs) you know, like not at all. And they're still not um, on a global scale, much like. Um, male power being derived from money and status as opposed to holding space, emotionality and being you know, part of a collective liberated relational experience, which is if both people feel fully safe to be themselves and to explore these things that I don't lose power by you becoming more powerful. Actually, as a context of love, it grows and sort of shatters and then you become expanders for other people. And I've always loved the term expanders that you use, because when you explain it, all of a sudden we go, Oh, well, I should be hanging out then with people who already have the life or are living the life or be surrounded by their energy, listen to their podcast, whatever mm-hmm. it is, because that's been true for me. It's like, I've made mentors out of people who I just listen to their podcast where totally. I'm like, I want to think the way they think. And then just by listening to them, you start to, you know what As-mesis. I mean?
1: Osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so many things I kind of want to touch on because I think that, yeah, power dynamics and relationships are so fascinating, but even more so that I think is important that you touched on is that dynamics are shifting so quickly because the narrative and uh, world is shifting so quickly. And I love that you also brought in that Everybody is experiencing this, every type of relationship. And I, 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 in fact, don't have a ton of experience with poly. So I don't imagine what's going on, you know, with multiple partners, but yeah, that's even a whole
0: other can of worms, I yeah. can imagine. Right. So yeah. we're
1: speaking of like, you know, um, of a, a, what do you call it? Not commit, like my baby brain. Uh, what do you call it? Monogamy. We're speaking of
0: just, yeah, monogamy, monogamy or, yeah.
1: So in monogamy, even I used to be a holistic chef and chef form. A gay couple um, and, you know, the husband was incredibly successful in the industry and his husband was not as successful. And you got to see that that exact power dynamic and not having like modeling for how quickly everything in a beautiful way is evolving and accelerating. And so something that, you know, we really believe here and we're working towards that give anchors to this is being able to really get in touch with your true authentic self. And I know this is the case for you as well. And then realizing that you're two totally autonomous people that have come together in order to help each other mirror and grow. However, the autonomy is like the big piece. So in my relationship, when when something's coming up with my partner, we're having any kind of issue. I'm always like, cool. So what's my shit I'm putting on them that I have to look at, you know, which of course they you know, we're trying to be in a very conscious space together, you know, and that's not always the case because people are dealing with abuse and et cetera, et cetera. But I think what's so important about the conversations we're having in relationships is really getting down to autonomy and really getting down to accountability and really getting down to doing our own personal work to show up together in order to side by side go through the world together. And then also, you know, coming into the power dynamics, may it be money, may it be status, you know, success, whatever those power dynamics are, they're shifting rapidly. And I think the anchors for that really come down to that autonomy piece. Like that is totally. humongous, humongous, because we don't have a ton of role models for that. Like you said, a ton of expanders to show us all, you know, and if you look at the powerful woman, I think when it, Paltrow talks about this a lot, you have, or there's this societal messaging that you kind of have to be perfect that was derived, especially I think, you know, post-war where it's like the woman's an amazing cook. She's an amazing mother, if that's what they choose to do. She's now a high-powered business person. If she's choosing to do, you know, there's so many hats. All of it. She's the village, you know, and I don't know enough about the male perspective, like you were saying, but I think that that's where it gets really tricky is we don't have the village anymore. And some of us can't afford the support, you know, of many of us can't afford the support of the village. So I think getting down to, again, that like authenticity, that authentic code, the autonomy, what's really important to me, to us. I think that can be like the anchor in this experience.
0: And so uh, foreign, like I think we could feel like to receive or be empowered or invited to autonomy in a relationship when you're not loose to used to it can potentially feel unattractive, uh, can potentially feel uh, too uncertain because it's like, wait, I get to make my own decisions, my own all this. And it's like, of course, rationally, I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, why wouldn't I be able to do all that? I think it's important to recognize how foreign that is. Or even if someone watched the modeling of, let's say in that heteronormative sense, the man make all the decisions and have the iron fist and he who has the gold makes the rules, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, what is it like for them to have to take into account someone else's experience or not make all the decisions or leave space for more voices? And I'm grateful that we're in a time when that conversation is even one we can have, Mm -hmm, For historically mm -hmm. I would have been called Although I still count, sometimes get called it um, like a soy boy or something like that, because I'm interested in uh, a partner's point of view and mm-hmm. interest, as opposed to like, where are your balls? It's like, actually, they're firmly attached mm-hmm. and they're. Uh, they get to experience embodied connection because my partner doesn't have to leave her body to be in the relationship, you know, and that's yeah. such a different experience.
1: And I think we are like very, very, very privileged in North America, you know, in
0: first world countries to even be even be having to have conversation. that conversation. Right. It's wild. Yeah. It Which. Of course, it's like everything historically we go, oh, I never would have done that. I can't believe we did that. Right. That's so common of, of even we don't have to look very far back for that to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're in it, much like I'm really fascinated to see how people see what we're in right now, because when we're in it, it seems like we're like cat. we're enrolled in the narratives and we don't recognize that there are narratives occurring. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? We're I think enrolled is the right word um, co-opted into them.
1: Yeah. And, and, um, also I think, uh, what do you call it? Um, like born into them that, you know, there's, there's going on there. And, and I think that again, just getting back to truly starting to understand your true authentic self, your true authentic message, your soul, you know, your truth, um, and any capacity in your life may it be, um, even having to do with, uh, like me, I'm about to be a mother, you know, it's like, yeah, Looking at breaking the cycles, I have to have a lot of critical thinking around that. I have to really question most everything I know and that I've been programmed, and um, you know that's that's a narrative in any capacity before I pass it on to this other human. And I'm going to fuck her up. I am <laughs> that's that's just the right, part of the right. experience, you know, because we wouldn't, I mean, spiritually keep coming back, right? If we had it all figured out, you know, if we were fully integrated, so. I think that that's the questioning of our true, authentic self, our true beliefs, our you know, our souls' needs and wants. It's just a great reference point to continue to come back to in relationship, like when, especially when we're in relationships, um, that's where we see our biggest traumas play out our biggest, it's our biggest mirror. It's our biggest trigger. You know, that's why I love them so much. I think they're the best playground to work on our stuff and see our stuff, you know? And so that's where, yeah, I'm always, That's my anchor and I'm grateful for is to question and to get back to, is this mine? Is this my truth? And in manifestation, this is especially true because most people who are sitting there, you know, thinking positive and visualizing what they want usually tends to be a story that society told you you wanted to be loved. Um, Or it tends to be a story your parents told you that you needed to be to survive, to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where it's like critical thinking questioning any narrative is so absolutely important to be like, oh, I actually have a lot of these layers on top of me that aren't mine. What I truly desire and I would see this all the time. In fact, the most common client that would come to me was a lawyer. <laughs> it would be a lawyer who now was That's successful. Interesting. In the job, and they're like, I hate my job and my life. Like this was this was my parents' dream. This was somebody else's narrative, you know, and I need to figure out my truth. And so that's where I think the solution to a lot of, a lot of the change that's happening so fast for our nervous systems externally, so societally um, and internally, the biggest anchor you can choose is starting to get back to your true authentic self, your true. And that's where all of the success lives, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I remember when I would first be manifesting because it came from a place of being an artist and trying to figure out how to have some monetary success and some monetary (laughs) certainty, you know, I would hear things in the spiritual world, especially surrounding things like unattachment, you know, whether it's Buddhism or, or truly anyone's message about presence, the ultimate consciousness. And I'd be like, ah, but that means that you're just like a monk living in the Himalayas and you don't have (laughs) anything. Um, But in fact, our souls all came to experience something very different and many of them that means that your material needs are met with a lot of abundance uh and and more importantly the abundance that's specific to nurturing you so like when i got when i was saying that my authentic code one of them is luxury a lot of people could take that for um you know
0: or something yeah
1: Whereas for me, it's actually just quality over quantity. So when I go to a hotel, I want the boutique hotel that has the best quality little things that I love, maybe design or whatever. It doesn't mean, you know, whatever the Ritz Carlton, like it's, it's such a different thing. It's very specific. So if we can get in touch with our true authenticity, we can unblock, we can expand and get into our worth. Endless, endless flow, endless abundance, endless love, the whole thing.
0: Well, when people hear a word like luxury, they then react to what their definition of that is. So, right. So like when you, can you walk us through the, that sort of experience of that projecting of that reactivity of how that shows up? And that might be a whole other podcast, uh, but curious of that projection. Cause I wanted to just touch on like, where projection starts to show up or resentment starts to show up. And maybe that sort of leads to where you can answer another question I have in a, in that, which is, okay, where is, where is it evident that we have an invitation back to our soul? Like, where is it evident that we want to get to know our authentic soul? Uh, like, how do we know that that, that that's, we get on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'll start
1: with the first, um, uh, yeah. I think projection of any kind comes down to shadow, right? It's like we said, a trauma response. So a great example of that can be, we were just having a, a podcast re- we were recording cause I'll be on maternity leave. So we've been recording so many, um, and you know, we're really dissecting shadow. And one of the things we talk about is, uh, being able to understand if, you're receiving somebody else's shadow may it be in feedback or may it be in lashing out or whatever and and a really quick way to decipher projection from that you're receiving from somebody else or that you're putting onto something or somebody else is uh or the projection versus feedback let's say is mm-hmm. feedback is usually respectful it's usually like i notice it's mm. you know there's there it's I really um, like I'll give podcast reviews that's a great example you know you can see oh, it yeah. so in people's like mm-hmm. trauma responses or their projection and it would be like I love this podcast I love you know what you guys have to talk about or I really appreciate this this and this. I think this could maybe be better and more enjoyable that's a respectful that's somebody who's integrated and who's just trying to give feedback. Whereas if you're noticing a lash out of any kind or a triggered response of any kind, that's your, that's somebody who, whatever you're, you're doing, you've hit on their shadow. You've hit on an Mm. aspect that needs to be integrated and vice versa. So that's how I like to always look at or help people ground. If they're receiving something that feels painful, or if they're, they're feeling into any projection of any kind, and it can even be something like you're, Looking back at career where, you know, maybe you really, here's a, an example, maybe you really desire to be an artist and that's your truest passion, but you're so afraid of it because growing up you were in a family of bankers and they would say that art's just a hobby, the people who do mm-hmm. art are yeah. You know what I mean? So so for you, that's a projection that you're living with. That's a shadow that you're living with. You have to unblock that. You have to integrate your art. You have to expand. You have to see the other artists like you who are actually very successful. And like you were talking about me, it be on social media, biographies, osmosis of any kind in order to get that flow working again. So that's a projection mm-hmm. you could be living with. Um, and that's a, you know, a version of shadow. And then I think... The truest invitation that anyone's going to feel to come back to themselves is anytime something doesn't feel good. (laughs) And that's Mm. like such a. I love the
0: simplicity of that though
1: so basic, but anytime something doesn't feel good, it means that you're out of alignment with yourself. So may it be that you're using these tools to journal, to get to the root, to reprogram, or you're using something else, but that is your invitation. Uh, Maybe a boundary is being crossed. Maybe it's something you want to say no to. Maybe it's just something that feels icky or something that's triggered you in any capacity. That is your invitation to really start to do the work to get back to your soul. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I I love that invitation because it says, okay, so things can just be. I can just want more, and not oh, feel yeah. guilty about it. I can just want different, and most of us feel guilty that we don't appreciate what we have or we don't like. Why can't you just be happy? And it's like, wait, can't I grow? Can't I change what I want? And I think relationally, that's very true, and that's also true uh, financially. That we're like there's that shame that tries to get imparted on us um that like nothing's ever enough for you or you know and and maybe the relationship we entered was never actually what we wanted and so uh we then are sitting in that space and, and and we complete we continue to live the life we were taught to want or uh settle quote unquote when Because we watched other people settle. That's, I mean, if we're looking like what we've inherited, I mean, I come from a family where my mom is an immigrant. My dad grew up quite poor too. And so, like, just having was really important. And so, you know, just survival was important. And so, when I first wanted to do more than survive and thrive, I had to, I bumped up against so many, like, wait, you can do work you love? Because the messaging I got was like, just make enough money to be a provider. Make sure you take care of a family. And it's like, okay, well, what jobs allow that? Oh, finance, accounting, doctor. What about this? No, doesn't make enough money. What about that? No, you're going to be a poor artist, right? That's the classic as you spoke to. And I think about how what you said of like just experiencing any form of disappointment or pain is like at least an invitation because you're being informed.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many things I want to break down in that that I think are really important. And I love that you touched on the um, you should be happy, you should be grateful, you know, what about everything you have? But if you look at just our simple physiology, our brain doesn't work like that. It doesn't loop like that. It's still in survival mode, no matter how secure we are. You know, it's still going to continue to repeat to show you the thing that hurt you or could hurt you or could be a problem. You know, so giving yourself a break there. And I think detaching from any stigma that people have put out there, that, you know, there's a lot of messaging that, you know, with privilege being a term that's thrown around so loosely, uh, which I think is a very important word, but I think in this context can really create shadow for people. So just
0: shame.
1: shame. that's what that's all shadow is. It's shame. It's imprinted shame, you know, that we, we then disassociated and put into our shadow. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing I just want to really hit on the head. Like we aren't even programmed to sit in gratitude all the time. That's a practice. If you want to practice that, that's a practice. And then the, Second thing is with that practice, there's a lot of spiritual bypass that's taught of how to practice that. It's like, stop feeling the feeling you're having right now and get into gratitude. You you have enough. You should have enough. And if you haven't done the work to address, you know, in your body, in your mind, why it keeps looping on that to protect you, and you're just trying to bypass it all the time to be in gratitude, again, you're going to get into that complacency zone that's really, um, I think it really can inhibit of how much success you can have in life of being present. I actually think that's the road to becoming present because then you start to eliminate those loops and you start to then loop on enough security, happiness, love, most importantly, authenticity. So that's my two thoughts on those. And then my baby brain forgot the last tip that you had, the last thing you were talking
0: about. <laughs> I'm not sure either. I think I'm getting baby brain by proxy.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm your expander for baby brain.
0: <laughs> One of my employees is just coming back from mat leave. Wow. Um, and it was funny when she was first, before she went on mat leave, uh, just laughing every time someone would have it where she's like, I'm running two brains right now. So Definitely. if you could just, I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. That's totally fair. The fact that you're even able to work while you're building a baby is fucking pretty incredible. It's
1: amazing. It's amazing. I mean, the capacity... I look at now that women have is just mind blowing. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm
0: always running. just in awe. I'm like you are, you build humans. Like
1: of course I have theirs as well, you know, but I've just been like going through this process of yeah. Building a oh, human.
0: It's wild. That's very different. We ejaculate <laughs> and then our work is that part of the work is done. <laughs> you know, which is really, uh, there's obviously much more after that. Um, okay. Well, first off amazing. Thank you for all the information you shared and the perspectives and the groundedness to which you shared it. Um, I'm curious first off, uh, what's next mm. for it to be magnetic and where can people find more of all of this?
1: Yeah, what's next? Oh my gosh, we have so much up our sleeve. We just
0: Right.
1: I mean it's too much to even like right. word off at this point, rattle off, right. but right. I think Tune in. Tune in. I know. And the way that I like to let people know if you're not familiar with the brand, a great way to begin to interact with it is first of course the podcast which is called The Expanded Podcast and one there's one episode in particular. If if anything with manifestation has intrigued you, it's called Manifestation 101. So we tell people hmm. listen to awesome. that episode. Yep, it's the starting point. You'll totally get the the gist of what this process is like. Um, and then of course the explain series that I met I mentioned starts to break it down further. The second thing that I really encourage people to do is to go to what we have. It's called a free clarity exercise, because. Once they start to hear about the manifestation, they're like, oh shit, I really want to try this whole hypnosis thing. So in the free clarity exercise, which we can send you the link to, what you'll do is it'll take you on the journey. You'll go through the journal prompts and then you'll go through one hypnosis that helps you really gain clarity of what you want, who your soul is, and a lot of things I've been talking about. And you'll have a visceral experience to that, totally free. And then the third thing that I really encourage people to do, we have what's called the motivation on our homepage. And it's our collection of, all the testimonies we receive, which are thousands at this point yeah. from members. Um, and based on anything you're manifesting, we have categories. So maybe love, money, travel, whatever, home, click on it and start reading some because that is such a good example of starting to create that osmosis process where you go, oh, you know yeah. oh, they could do it. I can do it too. So simply by listening to that episode, trying to, the clarity exercise and doing the, or checking out the testimonies and expanding, you literally start the process of unblocking, expanding and starting to learn how to be in your worth and pass tests. So totally free.
0: Amazing. And so they go to to be magnetic.com
1: to be magnetic.com. You can follow us on at to be magnetic. We're on, we're really only on Instagram at this point because all the other things we didn't feel like managing anymore.
0: <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Well, thank you again for your time and your knowledge and your wisdom and just uh, delivering it so embodied. Appreciate you.
1: Thank you. And it's always the best conversation. And of course, if you haven't, if you do get into our podcast,
0: you will be able to hear two episodes from Mark, which are really, really. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We did. Some of our so Make sure you're. Make sure if you're listening and you're intrigued, go check out To Be Magnetic and go check out Manifestation 101 and the motivations and all of Lacey's and the company's work. Thank you. So as a reminder, if you loved what you heard today, please go and check out the love bundle from tobemagnetic.com slash Mark-Groves. And if you use the code MarkGroves20, you get 20% off. So go check it out. Again, that's tobemagnetic.com slash Mark-Groves.